lot of sermons that have been preached. There's a lot of books that have been written. A lot of people have tried to describe what it's like, God's love. But really when it comes down to it, the way I describe God's love is that He loves me, yep, even me. And that's probably the most powerful thing about God's love I can tell you this morning. Let's have a prayer before we begin today. Father, we are so thankful that you do love us and care for us. And Father, we are, um, uh, because of, we realize the great love you have for us, we are saddened by the times that we uh, uh, rebel against you and we don't do what you've asked us to do or we do things that, that you've asked us not to do. And, and Father, we, what we're saying is we're, we're just sorry that... Uh, that we've done those things. And we ask, Father, that um, because of your great love for us, and we know that it is only because of that, uh, that you forgive us and that you let us be yours completely. And we ask today, Father, that for the times we have failed, uh, that you would forgive us. We thank you, Father, for seeing love, to, to be able to see it through you. And you give us an idea of what it's really like, uh, for there is no greater love than yours. Thank you, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. It is wonderful to see everyone this morning, especially our guests today. Thank you for being here. We want you to know that you are welcome. Anytime you have a chance, make sure you come back. I know we got some guys from Overlicking Way, and you guys are going to Elephant Rocks today. You picked a wonderful day to go to Elephant Rocks. It was beautiful weather today. Uh, but make sure you're home by 530. <laughs> the other thing's making today pretty beautiful too, right? 50 years since Chiefs have played anything like this, so... I uh, got to go home and watch that. Uh -huh. uh, but anyway, uh, it is a great day to be with family, brothers and sisters, to be able to share some time together. And of course, like I said a few minutes ago, we are going to be talking about the love that there is no greater than. And of course, that's talking about the love of God. Now, we'll look at different verses, but in John chapter 15 is where we'll be beginning this morning. So if you want to turn over there, uh, that will be where we'll start. The idea, of course, being this morning that there is no greater love. I mean, there's nowhere else you could turn to that you could even picture this kind of love. As a matter of fact, even as I, uh, you know, I think about the attributes that have been given to God's love and, and the, the eternal and, and powerful. Now, of course, I've heard over the years, uh, sometimes people will kind of make that into a, I feel like, a very trivial thing. Uh, they will say things like, oh, the feeling, you know, God just loves me and cares about me so much. Uh, I don't want to weaken that, but I also don't want to go to the other extreme, which would be the extreme of, of, of harshness and, and hard, and, and, and in other words, looking at God like He is the one who is, just forces His love, and, and His, and his uh, matter of fact, we probably wouldn't even use the word love, that would go that far. Uh, and I, I think all of those things would be missing what God's love is really like. And so this morning, as you think about the way God feels toward people, just His creation, I want us to realize that there's no greater love than what God has for His creation. Let's turn and read a couple of verses. This is in again, John 15. I'm going to read what was read a few minutes ago. Kevin read it a few minutes ago. But look at the words here that Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so I, so have I loved you, Jesus says. Now remain in my love. And here's how you can do it. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. That's interesting. Because I guess the opposite would be true. Anybody want to say amen to that? <laughs> if, we, if we keep his commands, we remain in his love. If we don't keep his commands, we... Okay, anyway, that's not my point this morning, okay? But it is a point that you might ought to think about. Okay, he goes on to say, just as I have, talking about Jesus says, just as I have kept my Father's commands and I remain in his love. Now, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you 
and that your joy may be complete. And then he says this, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life for his friends. Now, you and I looking back and seeing what Jesus did on the cross, the sacrifice that was made on my behalf, these words mean a great deal. Amen? Because when you see what he did, then you realize what he was saying when he says, there's no greater love than this, than a person would give his life for his friends, which is exactly what Christ did, right? And so therefore we say, well, how, how do we love each other? Well, this is how you do it, right? You give everything, right? Your greater love, I know it, that he laid down his life for his friends. His command is this, we love each other. And then he shows us what that looks like. Now that's a powerful illustration. One in which I can really learn. I can learn some things from if I will put this into practice. So this morning I'd like to talk about the greatest love. Okay, matter of fact, uh, John, you guys, uh, we, I mean, how can we talk about the love of God without reading this, right? John chapter 3, verse 16, I, I, and I, I found this interesting, and I, this is actually not anything of mine. I, I, I found this from someone else, uh, but I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Of course, you know these words, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Now, that, those are powerful words. I've seen those words uh, in, in, in magazines. I've seen them on the television. I've seen them on billboards. I've seen them written on people's bumper stickers. I, I'm, John three sixteen is a pretty well-known verse. Well, I saw this the other day because, we're, of course, we're talking about the greatest, all right? But I, maybe you've seen something like this, all right? But talking about the greatest. Now, here's some things that are the greatest. There is no greater lover than our God. He loves more than anybody else. And he loved us to the greatest degree. And you guys can read on down through there. And I, I just thought it was so interesting the way that, that he put this. This verse really shows us the greatest possible way in which we could love or give ourselves to someone else. And this morning, I thought, you know, there's no better way to start talking about the greatest love of all than talking about well, how God gave His Son. I mean, that's really the ultimate. That's what He did to show us that there is no greater love. Matter of fact, if you notice this morning during the Lord's Supper, I had one of those verses up there uh, from 1 John chapter 4 in which the Bible tells us that this is how God showed His love among us, that He sent His Son to die for us. And that's the truth. That's how He showed His love among us. Some things I want to talk about as I talk about, of course, our amazing God. Now, Several things come to my mind, and, and one is I, I think about the power of God. And God is all-powerful, and He is all-creative. And i got a couple of verses you can think about there. The heavens declare the glory of God. I mean, there are powerful things that our God has done. And so this morning when I think about God, and maybe you do too, you think about His power and His majesty. You think about His creativeness. Look around you. There is nothing like this earth. I... I this week, I mean, you may think, oh, it's been such a dreary week, you know. You just look around at, at some of the sunsets, and you look at some of the just beauty of nature, even that nasty snow, you know. When it fell, I was driving out of my driveway, and I thought, there is no prettier place than, oh, this is beautiful. I mean, of course, the snow was on the trees just the right way, and I, and I thought, this is a beautiful place, a beautiful, I mean, it's just, 
It's just a beautiful a world. And then I look at people and how people are put together and, and how we can our bodies function. There's just nothing like it. Our amazing God. It's, it's, he's, he's powerful. He's creative. He's, it's, it's, it's tremendous. I also know about God that my God is, is majestic. He is worthy of all praise. He is, as a matter of fact, when we come together on a Sunday morning as Christians, uh, someone says, well, what do you do in your worship? I usually say, or what do you do in your assemblies? I say, well, we worship God. We praise Him. We sing. We talk about Him. We, we, uh, we, we have prayers in which we thank Him. Why do you do that? Because if a, anybody knows our God, anybody comes to know Him, and their life is in Him, how could we not worship Him? Amen? I mean, there's... When Christians get together, it's just the natural thing for us to do because we're thinking about our God and we're thinking about what He's done. And so, therefore, when we get together on any time, it doesn't, I mean, we, we did this uh, Saturday morning. Well, the men uh, got together on Saturday morning, and I noticed there wasn't any decorations. So, amen. You, you ladies should, I, and we enjoyed it, and it was just as fun without. Uh, now, I, I, I shouldn't have said that because you lady said, well, we need decoration, and that's fine. But I'm just, you know, I was teasing you. Well, some of you don't know, I was teasing the other day about who was going to do the decoration. That's why I'm bringing that up. But uh, even when we did that, men getting together, right? I mean, there's a bunch of us over there. It's just a natural thing. We ended up talking about God and giving God our life. I mean, it's just, a, it's just part of it. Because we know this God, we see Him, we read about Him, we understand who He is, it's a natural reaction. I mean, it's not like you have to command me to worship God. If I know God, that's going to happen. Everybody say amen to that? And so therefore, I, well, what do you do? Well, you've got to get together and worship Him. Well, you don't have to tell me that. I mean, got that covered because if I see who God is, I have no choice. Of course I'll worship God. I mean, I'll praise Him. And I don't just do it on a Sunday. Right? Every day I wake up, I look at His creation, I can't help but praise and worship my God. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's too, and especially when I think about what he's done for me. I mean, he is worthy of all my praise. Also, I thought I had to put this in there, right? Because my God is mysterious, and he is beyond my ability to comprehend. As a matter of fact, I'd even say that my God is just a little scary. Is that okay for me to say? I, I mean, I feel that way. My God is that kind of God that goes beyond my comprehension the things he can do, the things he has done, when I think about that, it's, it's just a little bit out of my comfort zone, okay? And it, and it, 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 it kind of, uh, I hear people say, well, I can't wait to see God. I have a little apprehension about that because everybody in the Bible that gets a glimpse of just his, his like, you know, beings that work for him, they all fall down fainted. Okay, so I don't, I mean, you want to look, I mean, okay, you, we're going beyond what we can really comprehend here, okay? And so therefore, I mean, yes, I want to be with God, but I got to tell you, it's a little, I'm a little bit scared about that. And when I, when I think about the God that, that the way I react to him sometimes, the way I live for him sometimes, uh, I got to say, it's, it's a little bit nerve wracking to think about that God. Because I need to see how this God is not just the kind that says, oh, come on, come and be my, 
And that's part of him, and he does that. But he also has come on, and, and, and uh, one of these days you're going to stand before me in judgment. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, in other words, there's a lot to this God. And I just got to, I mean, I felt like if you're going to talk about the greatest lover of all, the, there is no greater love than this, talking about God's love for me, I have to remind myself, this is that kind of God. I mean, and he is the ultimate lover. He's also the ultimate judge. He's the ultimate everything. And so, therefore, I need to remember all of it about my God. But lastly, the most amazing thing about God is that He loves us. Yes, for me, even me. That's the most amazing thing that I can tell you about God today. Now, I can see how you can love all you guys, all right? But He even loves me. That's the most amazing thing. Now, you guys may look inside and say, well, no, 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 Rick, you got it backwards. He loves even me. And we'd all be right. right? As a matter of fact, everybody that has ever lived or ever will live could, if they would like to, say the same thing about God. He loves them all. Yes, even me. The worst of the worst. There's nobody sins worse than I do. And He loves even me. All right? And so the most amazing thing about God is that's the way he loves me. Because of his love, I, I, there was a couple of verses, and you can read them there, in one in Ephesians chapter 2, one in 1 John chapter 3, that I, I found some wording there that I thought was interesting when we were talking about the, the greatest love. There is no greater love than this, but it's, it's because of his great love. And as a matter of fact, those are the exact words found in Ephesians chapter 2. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. That's what God did because of His love. His love motivated Him. Because of His great love for us, this is what He did. He made us alive in Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, He made us alive with Christ. Another one was in, in, that one in 1 John. See how great the love of the Father has lavished on us. Now, there's a word you probably used today already four or five times, lavished. Sometimes I wear lavished. I haven't used lavished. You know, uh, the only, when I think about lavish, I think about this dog that I used to have. And he was one of them that when he, when he walked around and his mouth was open all the time and slobbers just went. You guys ever seen a dog like that? I mean, it's like they can't even walk without leaving a trail of blah, 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 blah you know, everywhere they go. Well, every time this dog would see you, here he would come and he would just, I mean, you'd look like you, no, I was going to say you look like you took a bath, but it was nasty. It wasn't a, wasn't a nice bath. It was a blah, you know. Well, I used to think about how the, that dog lavished his love upon you, all right, because you were covered with it when you got done seeing that, you know, not a word you use much, but you get the idea, right? Lavish is just you're just covered with it, right? That's the kind of love that God has shown with us. It's the love that He just lavished on us. I'm not deserving of that. I can't say there's anything about my life that God would look at and say, you know, you deserve me to lavish my love on you. I can't think of a thing that I have done, ever done, matter of fact, opposite of all of that. And yet, the Bible tells me, what a great love, right? This Father has lavished that kind of love on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. 
I'm not bragging. I mean, I'm not, I'm not standing up and saying, oh, look at me. I'm a child of God. Because if I'm reading this correct, that had nothing to do with me. It was because he lavished this love on us. That's why he says to Rick, you're a child of mine. You're one of my kids. Had nothing to do with me. It had to do with his love for me. That's what caused it. Because of his great love, that's what he did. And so as I close up today, I'd like to ask, what is our response to God's love? Because of his great love, he gave everything for us. Lavished his love on us. That's the way he did because of his love for us. Okay, so now, because of his love, how do we respond to that? Well, historically, as a people anyway, I've got to say that we've just rebelled against him. That's how we responded to God's love. The ultimate of love for people who would give anything, including the death of Christ on the cross. And how do people in general respond to that? They rebel against him. Now, you may be saying, well, I'm glad we don't do that. Really? I did. I've done it. I do it, sadly, quite often. In other words, sometimes we talk about, um, you know, God came to, to save sinners. Uh, God came to save bad people. God came to save rebels. We've turned to the other side. I mean, it is no, there's nothing you could say that would be, I mean, it's the worst possible scenario you could come up with. We've rebelled against the one who loves us the most, and we've turned away. Not me, really. I know of no one that hasn't rebelled against him. Everybody I've ever met in my life will tell you that, yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I acted that way. Yeah, I said that. I know God said not to do that thing, and I did it anyway. I know God told me to do that, and I didn't do it. Rebel? I mean, isn't that the definition of a rebel? <laughs> I mean, haven't you done what, you know, went the opposite direction? Rick, you're making it awful harsh on us. Yeah, that's the point. The point is I can't make it harsh enough. Sin does that. That's how bad it is. We've rebelled against him. It's like, well, maybe you're like me. And, and you had a mom that was just overly over-the-top, everything that a mom could be. Yeah, I hope you had that kind of mom, okay? But imagine what she would be like, right? She nurtured you. She took care of you. When you were sick, she was there. There's nothing worse than cleaning up puke. Is that recorded, Corey? For all of you listening to that, sorry I used that word. Uh, I mean, you guys know, and your mom just hugs you and cleans that and, and all of the other nasty, terrible things that you did when you were a baby, all right? Mom just took you in and just took, matter of fact, didn't even look down on you because you did all that to her, but just, I mean, she just worked you through all that, right? And when you got older, she made sure that she sacrificed whatever it took. It was all about you. That's what she did. It, anything, everything, as you grew up. And then you got to be about 18 or 20, and you were bigger than she was, right? right? And you kicked her out of your house. And you said, Mom, get out of here. I don't want you anywhere around me. I don't care what you did. I don't want you. 
we'd all be appalled, wouldn't we? What do you mean? What are you doing, right? Now, isn't, I mean, God's love is greater than any of your mother's. And yet, that's what we've done to him. No, 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 God, I don't need you. Get out. I don't, you know, I don't want you. I mean, really, when you think about it, it's the ultimate rebellion. We've said to the one who has given everything, no, 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 I don't need you. Don't want it. Yeah, yeah, I'll go my own way. I mean, we, we would just, I mean, if we saw a kid do that, we'd say, oh, how terrible you are. Maybe that applies also. It's the ultimate rebellion. So I got to close up by saying this. Well, how should we respond? Well, let me go to, this is in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord isn't slow about keeping his promise, as some people understand or think, think that he is. In fact, God is patient. Why? Because he wants everyone to turn from sin and to no one to be lost. That's what God wants. That's how he wants you to respond to his love, is to repent, be his child, let him forgive you. That's the way he wants you to respond. And so this morning, if you find in yourself, I'm the rebel, I'm the one that's gone against him, well, let's change that. I mean, all you got to do is just think about who God is and what he's done for you and say, no, no, I'm not rejecting God's love. I'm embracing God's love. He is the greatest. There is no greater love than his. And so as a response to that, I say, Lord, you have me. Show me how to love. Show me. I mean, I just want to be yours. This morning, let's do it. Change your life. No more of that simple stuff. We're his. We belong to him. The response to God's love is, Lord, you have my life. I'm completely yours. And we do that every day. I'm completely yours. And then tomorrow, I'm completely yours. Next day, Lord, you have my life. All of me. Respond to Christ's love. He calls you to come to Him. This morning, I just encourage you to look inside of your life, and if it's not like it's supposed to be, won't you decide to lean on the one who loves you the most? Give your life to your Lord. Confess Him as your Lord. Be buried into Christ through baptism. Decide today, I'm not living for me any longer. Christ is at the center of my life. He, ha he is the one that offers forgiveness, and I turn to His great love for that kind of forgiveness. So this morning, I invite you, come to Him. Give your life to Him, and respond in whatever way you need to. As together, we stand and sing this song.